We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. move over to the Notre Dame defense and I will say this this was the probably the most surprising aspect of the game on Saturday offensively you could argue that the dominance of the run game was uh, surprising considering how good Navy was it was impressive I don't know that I would say it was surprising simply because you're supposed to push Navy around. I mean, they, they are smaller. You're supposed to take advantage of, of things. And last year, the game plan did not allow them to do that. This year, the game plan did. I was, I won't say surprised. I was pleasantly, say, not it wasn't, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. The dominance of the defense against Navy was not a surprise from a talent standpoint. It was, surprise is the wrong word. It was probably the most encouraging thing to see out of the game. I was hopeful for it. I was fingers crossed wishing for it, but to see the way they played was very impressive. But what can we take out of this? It's even harder to me to look at what we know and don't know about the defense because of how different what Navy does. Maybe this Notre Dame team is just geared to shut down option teams, but when they play traditional offenses, they're going to struggle. I have no idea. I doubt it. If anything, it'd be the other way around, you know, but they had a, a, you know, a month and a half to prepare for this game, right? So there's things you look at and say, we we don't really know certain things about this team that is just because who you played in the opener. It doesn't matter how well you played. You're just not going to know how that's going to translate against the other 11 teams on your opponent. But there's three things to me that we can come out of that game with and say, I feel really good about that, and I'm confident that's going to continue. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number one, linebacker play is going to be a lot better this year. There's depth that still needs to be established. Jalen Sneed played on Saturday, thought he did some good things. That was good to see. They're going to need more depth to be to, to come about. They're going to need more than just four guys throughout the entire season. Now, in the future, we might see a lot more nickel. I expect us to see a lot more nickel, which means maybe we'll see Jack Kaiser rotating inside at Mike and Will. Perhaps we'll see that. Maybe we'll see more Drake Bowen, more Jay Nalsberry. Hopefully Nolan Ziegler, Ziegler comes back at some point in time. There's still depth questions there, but the starters are going to be a lot better than they were last year. J.D. Bertrand just picked up where he left off last year. So a couple missed tackles on angles of some of the, the new looks that, that Navy was showed. They were going a little wider, I think, than J.D. anticipated on a couple runs, and that caused him to, to miss some tackles. But overall, I thought he played very good football. Jack Kaiser, I thought, was a little up and down in the opener when I watched it live. When I went back and broke down the film, he was a lot better than I thought. Just real productive and real steady and just around the ball a lot. I thought Jack had a really good game, and I thought Maris was excellent. We named him player of the game on our at Irish Breakdown, or I did. Uh, Coach Freeman and the defensive staff, the, the team named him the defensive player for them also. That came out that next, I think came out Monday. They announced that. He was excellent. And, and the fact that he was excellent against Navy is the most encouraging thing that I got out of that game on defense. The most encouraging thing. Mayor's problems in the past have just been a lack of consistency of execution. Bad technique, missing gaps, being out of position, overrunning plays, not being where he's supposed to be. There was never a question about the athleticism and the talent and, and the length and all those type of things. It was, can he, can he play disciplined football? Can he play within structure? That was always the question with Maris Leofau. What you saw on Saturday was him playing within structure against the most difficult offense he's going to face all year from a discipline standpoint. There are going to be more complex teams that they're going to play from a pass game standpoint and all those kind of things. I'm talking strictly from a, you have to stay true to the system and this defense more than any other. And here's what I mean by that. Against Ohio State, there's going to be times in games where, or in certain plays where, hey, look, I just got to win on this play. I'm rushing the quarterback. I just got to win. Or I see the ball. I got to go get it. I can do certain things to get there and just go make a play. Against Navy, you can't do that. Because if you get away from this is what we're doing as one unit, 
that's all of a sudden a, 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 a gap opens up and, and you think you're going to make a play on the quarterback or the full or the tailback and all of a sudden the fullback's cutting behind you for 50-yard gain. It requires so much discipline. And to watch Maris play one of the most disciplined games I've ever – actually, it is the most disciplined game I've ever seen him play against that offense was, for me, the most encouraging thing that I saw from this football game. So if you're getting Maris Leaf out, because you guys remember how much we hyped up Maris going into last year? I'm sure some of you do. And it was because what you saw Saturday is what we have seen from him in the past. The the range, the athleticism, the power, the length, just all of that, the speed, we knew that was there. He just never played that way. Rarely played that way. Not since 2020 have we seen that because of the injury in 2020. Uh, 2021, excuse me. And then, of course, last year, they're saying now he was more injured than we thought. Okay. I have thoughts on that, but we'll save those for the message board, which I've already kind of put them on there. But if this is what we're going to get from Maris Leofow the rest of the year, this back and core is going to be excellent. But if he's just good the rest of the year, it's going to be much better than it was a year ago. This the linebacker performance in game one was as good as we saw at any point in time last season. And to do that in game one against this offense was incredibly encouraging. And I thought Jalen Sneed is another guy that s- played with discipline in this game. And that was his big hang up in the few games he played last year. He played within the structure of the system. That was good to see because we know he can run and we know he can hit. So I was very encouraged by the play of the linebackers. And they're going to only be better against more traditional offenses. And that's that's I'm excited about. So that's the number one takeaway for me was just how how good they were. And I'm confident that we now we can now project and say with certainty that this linebacking core is going to be really good moving forward. Second thing. We're going to have to learn some things about it, which I'll get to in the second section of this part of the show. But the, we know two things that are that are going to be true the entire year. This is a long deep and athletic defensive line. How good is it going to be? That's still a question mark. They played very well against Navy uh, for the most part. There were some, some, a couple players that I didn't think played very well and and a couple plays again, where it's just the uniqueness of what Navy does. You're just going to get knocked off the ball. They're going to get into your thighs and drive you back. And there's just not a lot I can do about it, except just anchor as best you can. And I thought they did those things on Saturday. What I, what I, what I know with all the questions that still exist, what we know is this is a very long and athletic group. As I mentioned, you're talking about throwing waves of defensive linemen. And you could argue that the second string defensive line that they brought in was even more athletic than the starters. When you, when you look at the starting defensive line being Howard Cross, Riley Mills, Nana Osafo Mensa, and, and Jordan Patelho. Jordan Patel is very athletic. He played great on Saturday. You can throw him in with the conversation I said about Maris and and and, uh, and Jalen Sneed. Jordan Patel's biggest issue has been discipline as a football player, as a young person, all that kind of stuff. Consistency, you know, technique. And on Saturday, he played within structure the entire game and was disruptive within structure and made some really big plays. He was one of he was in the conversation of three or four guys that I had a debate about who should be the player of the game. Jordan Patoho was in that conversation. I, I loved how he played. He's athletic, but then you talk about you're come you're bringing off the bench Josh Burnham, who might be your best pound for pound athlete. I was very impressed with what I saw from Javante Jean Baptiste. Uh, 
I thought what he did was very good coming off the bench in that game. You talk about Jason Onye coming off of the bench. Uh, and, and obviously Gabriel Rubio came off the bench. He's going to be out for a couple weeks, but then you throw in Donovan Heinish into the conversation now for potential more snaps. And he's a very athletic player. He's not as long as some of the others, but the depth and the length and didn't even junior T Almaka, I didn't think played very well, but when he doesn't play well, you can go to Josh Burnham and there's going to be other games where juniors going to play better. It just wasn't a good game for him. He'll be fine. You guys have bad games, but you don't, you're not so relying on if this guy doesn't play well, you're in trouble. That's that's kind of where you kind of get into some issues. And so I, I really love the length and the depth of this defensive line. And there's still some really talented players we didn't see on Saturday. So when I when I talk about what excites me about this team, it's that right there. Because some of these guys are going to get better and better. That's Josh Burton's first real live action in football. He played against BC last year, but it's like that game was like, what, 44 to nothing when he got in the game. This is his first real snaps, and he didn't look overwhelmed by the moment. He didn't look like it was the stage was too big for him. He just went out there and just said, "Hey, I'm better than you, and I'm going to play like it." And he played hard. He was, you know, he, he showed his athleticism, and it wasn't just the sack where he made plays. I love the athleticism of this group. When you can have a starting, you know, your starting ends, and one of them being Jordan Batajo, and then you bring in your twos, and it's Javante, Jean Baptiste, and Josh Burnham. You're like, yeah, we're more athletic now when we bring in our backups. That's a great place to be. And and the the glimpse of Javante Jean Baptiste was impressive. I mean, he's a long, athletic dude. Now he's got to get a you know he's he's not the most powerful guy in the world. That's just the reality of it. But he held his own. He battled. But the athleticism is certainly there. I really, really, uh, really like where this team is right now when it comes to a length and athleticism standpoint. You're not the longest team on the on the second level uh, outside of Marist. But you are on the first level, and that's encouraging. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Third thing that I, I come out of this game saying, we know that this position is going to be really good. The cornerback position is going to be a lot better than last year. And there's even if there's only... One reason why, and that is it's a lot stronger this year. 
we heard all off season. I put it on the message board and in Intel piece before the, the camp started about the great work Cam Hart had done in the weight room and just really trying to build up his body and and get to the point where you know the injuries he can kind of be sh- big and thick and strong enough to to put those injuries in the in the rearview mirror and and he showed that on Saturday. But the question that I had was: Is he gonna is he gonna lose his his fluidness and his athleticism, explosiveness? And he didn't. You know, Cam Cam made the mistake of turning a guy loose early. Talked about that. That's got to clean that up. But he was very physical in the in the run game. Did a great job blowing up that one pitch that forced the fumble. Uh, he was physical in in the routes where he was in coverage. Benjamin Morrison is noticeably stronger this year, and Jaden Mickey is an ox. He we've heard stories about how strong he is. Bruce Feldman had made a comment about how Jaden Mickey does over twenty twenty did over twenty reps on the two twenty five bench, which for a corner is just really nutty. But for a corner, is only a sophomore is incredible strength. So. When I look at that group, I see a group that's got length and a group that's got some athleticism, which we already know, but this group is a lot stronger. And Jaden Mickey, for at least one game, really carried himself well. Benjamin Morrison, I thought, did some really nice things. He may missed a tackle, but or not Benjamin Morrison, excuse me, uh, Christian Gray. He missed a tackle, and, and he made some rookie mistakes, but he played with confidence in his first game. And that hit him, him stepping up and and – Forcing his way kind of into a, a, a bit of the rotation is something that really impressed me. There was some conversation as well that Clarence Lewis played safety. I went back and watched the game. He did not play safety. What they were doing was is he was aligned at safety, but it was something they were kind of doing throughout the game. It was a second half adjustment where the first half they were putting like Jack Kaiser when they would put like one of their backs. So one of the formations that Navy does, they'd take one of their running backs and they'd put him out wide at like a wide receiver. The first half, Notre Dame was taking Jack Kaiser out there, and that was kind of getting him out of the box. Second half, what they did was is they put the safety out there, and then the corner to that side would kind of roll back in, in where the safety was. So when you go to the plays where people thought Clarence Lewis was playing safety, he was lined up deep. I can understand it, but they actually had the safety. It was a Ramon Henderson a couple times. It was usually D.J. Brown. They were out there where the corner would be because it was a running back out there. And it was the way that Notre Dame matched up against that look. So it was more of that adjustment, more so than it was Clarence Lewis playing safety. But, you know, Clarence missed a tackle, but he also had a, a you know a really nice run stop early in the game. I thought he played solid football. This corner, we didn't see any chance Tucker and, and Ryan Barnes. They're still there also. I'm very, very pleased with the play of the cornerbacks, and I'm confident that the cornerbacks are going to be even better than they were a season ago, just because they're going to be stronger. I feel very confident with that. So those are the three things that we know about the Notre Dame defense and and coming out of that game. Again, there's a lot that that we aren't going to just know. I'm, it's not going to be as long of a section because I just, when I look at the defense and I, you talk about how they stack up against Navy, there's just a lot of things that we saw where you're like, they're not going to do that the rest of the year. They're not going to play like that the rest of the year. They're not going to line up that way they're not going to use that technique the rest of the year they're not going to do this they're not going to attack the ball this way the rest of the year so there's just a lot of things you just kind of got to kind of toss aside and say hey you did that great but I don't know how that's going to translate when you play a more traditional offense so there's a lot more we have to learn from a schematic standpoint and those are things that we'll get into here in a second so what's the first thing that we don't know we still don't know if the safety play is going to be any better and if anything I thought the safety play was probably the biggest disappointment for me in the game 
the fact that DJ Brown played more snaps than any other safety to me is a concern. I love DJ as a young man. There's value to him on your football team, but I'm sorry. DJ Brown should not be getting your most snaps at safety. Just shouldn't. He should not be getting more snaps than Xavier Watts. And I understand because here's the comment. Well, he knows what he's doing. I get that. He knew what he was doing when he flew into the backfield and whiffed on a tackle. He knew what he was supposed to do. He couldn't make the play. That's been the story for DJ Brown for the last three years. You know, he falls down in coverage because he tries to, because he doesn't trust himself because he knows he can't run with, with other athletes because he's just not that kind of athlete. So what does he do? Tries to get grabby, bad technique, that grabbiness leads to him falling down. And if not for Jordan Patejo smashing a quarterback, that's a touchdown. That's a long touchdown. I thought Clarence Lewis did a nice job coming over to try to protect it, but that's a blown coverage where if you're not playing Navy and that happens, it's a touchdown. And, and so to me, I was very disappointed by the play, the safeties. That was the the biggest thing to take out of it. I, I did like how Xavier Watts played in the second half. He was flying around the field. He was active. I, I take, I put nothing into Thomas Harper getting beat for a touchdown. Nothing. That's one of those things where you just toss it aside and say, option, just don't even worry about it. I mean, you, you as a coach, you get in the film room and you go over it, but you're just not going to see things like that. We know Thomas Harper can play. I'm not worried about that. I, I think he's going to be more of a nickel moving forward anyway. Safety play is going to have to get better. I was disappointed by the play of the safeties. That That is definitely something to me that's going to have to improve. As, as Notre Dame kind of gets into to this the season and they get NC State's on the schedule and you get into Ohio State and Duke and Louisville and USC, Pitt, Clemson, Wake Forest and Stanford, that that part of the schedule that's going to start here in two weeks, your safety play is going to have to be a lot better. And I was very disappointed with the play of the safeties. Second thing that we're, we don't know yet is what scheme changes Al Goldman's made. And that's has nothing to do with with questions about week one nothing to do with questions about week one. It's just that they played a triple option. I th- I love the adjustments that Dow Gold made against Navy compared to last year. I loved the way that they were able to handle so many new looks that they had said afterwards they, they weren't prepared for. I can understand them not being prepared for it because they're not things I saw on film either. I like when a coach says, well, we weren't like, remember back in 2010 when Brian Kelly was talking at halftime, how Navy was running the veer. And he said, we weren't prepared for the veer. That was stupid because it's like anyone that watches Navy play knows that's something that they do. It's a terrible thing to say. When this Notre Dame coaching staff said they did some stuff we weren't, we hadn't seen, we weren't prepared for. Yeah. Made sense because I didn't see those things either. It's just not, it's not who they did, but the fact that they took it in stride, they didn't act. You didn't, when you watch the players, they weren't like, Oh my gosh, what are they doing? What are they supposed to do? I mean, JD Bertrand's getting people moved around the safeties. I thought actually did a pretty good job of being in position in those instances. The communication was great because they had a core game plan that said, Hey, if they throw some stuff at us, we're okay. This is our responsibility. They still only have this many backs on the field. They still have this many, you know, a fullback one back. They can line the slot backs up wherever they want to put them, but this is our keys. You got quarterback, you got dive, you got pitch. I don't care where the pitch and dive comes from. That's your job. And they were able to stay disciplined within that. I thought that was great. It was something that I was very encouraged by. So this isn't a question mark about are they going to be good? Are they going to be coached well? I mean, they were coached incredibly well. But there are schematic and personnel adjustments that we need to see on defense. 
that we can't learn those by what we saw in week one because it was so different. And we, we said this before, don't get caught up in the rotation and the personnel groupings and all that in this game because of the nature of playing the option. So there's still a lot we're going to have to learn about this, what this defense is going to look like structurally with a different personnel group than it had last year. You don't have Tariq Bracey. You've got Thomas Harper. You know, you don't have Isaiah Foskey. You don't have certain players. You're, you're going to make adjustments in year two on some things that you didn't like that you did last year. There's all types. You're always going to have that kind of stuff in year two of a defensive coordinator. We don't know what those are yet. We're going to have to learn what those are yet and how effective those are going to be. So even though I was incredibly encouraged by what we saw in game one, the reality is everything they did on game one schematically, because I'm talking schematically here and structurally, everything they did schematically and structurally is irrelevant to the next 11 regular season games you're going to play. And so we're going to still have to learn a lot in that regard. But if they can, if they can be as sound and as aggressive as, and as disciplined in future games as they were against the option, I'm going to be encouraged. I'm just not going to, I'm just don't know yet what the structure and the scheme of those adjustments are going to be. We're going to learn a little this weekend of, of how they're going to line up personnel wise in their base looks. That's going to teach us something against NC state. It's not going to really be till in, in a week and a half when they play NC state that we're going to get, see them really get tested against a more traditional offense. And we're going to learn a lot, a lot more about them in that week. But there's things to be excited about. We just need to see what they're going to look like about against those type of teams. And, and one of the things that we don't know, and this is going to, the third part of what we don't yet know about this Notre Dame football team is what's the pass rush going to look like. I was actually really encouraged by the pass rush against Navy. It's a completely different animal. They threw, they probably called 11 or 12 dropbacks in the game at the most. They only threw six. That's it. And uh, by the way, somebody's talking about NC State in the show. Uh, Devin Leary doesn't play quarterback at NC State anymore, by the way. He's at Kentucky. Their quarterback now is Brennan Armstrong. Uh, but when you look at the pass rush, I, I, I liked what I saw against Navy. But it's just going to be different against other teams. The pass protections are different. The amount of throws are different. I was very encouraged by the pressures we saw on the edge. That was probably one of the biggest takeaways for me was how effective Jordan Patelho and Josh Burnham were rushing the quarterback despite such few pass attempts. I mean, you can have a team throw the ball eight, eight, ten times, and you don't get any type of pass rush at all because you're just not used to it. When Notre Dame has had really good defensive lines, they were able to get pressure against Navy, the 2018 team being an example. The fact that we did see good pressures in limited snaps has me encouraged about this point, but it still remains a question mark against better pass-blocking offensive lines. Navy, This offensive line from Navy is not a great offensive line in pass pro, not like some pass teams or anyway. So that's something that we're going to have to – we're still going to learn is how and, – and, and not just where the pass is going to come from. I, I tell you – Personnel-wise, I was very encouraged by what I saw from Jordan Pacelho, from Javante Jean-Baptiste, from Josh Burnham, but it was very limited snaps as far as the amount of times they actually got the rush quarterback. We saw Gabriel Rubio have an impact pass rush. We saw Riley Mills with an impact pass rush. So even on limited downs, they still made an impact. 
but how's that going to be against bigger and better offensive lines that are uh, more more uh, repped on good pass blocking? That remains to be seen. And then the other thing we don't know are what are some of the things that Al Golden is going to do blitz package-wise to pressure the run and pass game, honestly. Very, very few blitzes on Saturday against Navy because you just don't you don't blitz the option. You just it's not a good idea. And and he's a guy that likes to pressure. So it kind of ties into to number two. What are what is this defense going to look like schematically and structurally against the rest of the teams in the schedule? It's an unknown because nobody does what Navy does. So I was partly encouraged by what I saw, but the question still remains is how does it translate against better teams? If we can, I mean, because here's the thing, folks. If the pass rush success rate, so let me, uh, so if you're if you're on the message board, you saw this breakdown, and I'm just going to share a little bit of it. So one of the things, some of the things we're doing on the message board, which is a, another reason why you all need to be on the message board, is I'm doing these really detailed statistical analysis of the games, right? Like how the players do, that type of thing. Not so much uh, a breakdown of, you know, hey, they're, they're, like a deep dive and analytics type of thing, but more of a statistical breakdown. So offensively, I, I look at all of Sam Hartman's, all the things that Sam Hartman did. So I look at you know his success rate and dropbacks, quick game, play action, throwing to the left, throwing to the right, throwing short, middle, intermediate, uh, all those different types of things. I talked about. I literally put a you know all the routes that they caught and, and that they threw on Saturday, and what the statistical breakdown was. How did they throw out of eleven personnel, twelve personnel, all that shot? How they run out of shotgun? How they run out of under center? How they run to the left? How they run to the right? Broke down each run play, all that type of thing. So there's a lot of uh, the efficiency of each, and then defensively, I also tracked uh, stuffs, tackles for loss, missed tackles, sacks, forced fumbles, and and coverage numbers, and then also pressures. And so per my Breakdown for a team that that Navy attempted six passes, and I, I think they th- probably called ten pass plays the whole game. And in those ten pass plays, Notre Dame had two hits on the quarterback, one from Jordan Patelho, one from J.D. Bertrand. They had a sack by Riley Mills, a sack by Josh Burnham, and then four pressures, one by Jack Kaiser one by Jason Onye, two by Gabe Rubio. So those are really impactful pressure numbers for a team that called like 10 pass plays in a game. And I was very encouraged by that. But again, how's it going to translate against the better teams? That remains a big question mark moving forward. So those are the things that that we you look at and say, this is what we know about the Notre Dame defense. I, I, I loved the, the speed of... 10 of the 11 positions uh, or nine of the 11 positions. I loved the length and, and athleticism we saw up front. I thought the linebackers played great. The corners were as good as advertised. Xavier Watts was all over the field. You know, still some stuff to clean up. There's a lot to be encouraged by. But because of who Navy is, there's also a lot of question marks. And the only position that I felt did not play well on Saturday was the safeties. And they're going to have to step up and, and play better. And they're going to get an opportunity this weekend uh, to kind of have a bit of a get-right game for the safeties before they head to NC State because they're going to really be important to Notre Dame being able to beat NC State in two weeks. If, they're, if they are going to beat NC State in two weeks, your safeties are going to have to play good football. So that's going to be a look at the defense. We're going to go to uh, talk some college football stuff next, but I am going to take a, just a brief intermission. Uh, so I'm going to let the um, – you know, we kind of let the um, – 
the music play here for a second. I'll be back in about two minutes. Don't go anywhere. And we're going to talk about some of the big college football games up coming this weekend. And then also uh, we're going to get to a mailbag. So this will do it for this portion of the show, folks. Do me a favor. Hit that while you're waiting. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Please give us a five-star review. Got a lot of new shows up on the CFP Nation app as well. You're going to want to check that out. So uh, so lots going on. And, of course, if you haven't signed up for the message boards, do so. We have some really good stuff and some great discussion going on right now. So you want to check those out at boards.irishbreakdown.com.